right then. Well, we're going to go ahead and dive in here this morning and get started. Uh, I'm going to be coming out of the um, book of Ezekiel this morning. Uh, it's two chapters over here. I want to spend a little time with uh, chapter 7 and chapter 8. I was kind of yesterday in chapter 8. Uh, if you heard the message and uh, I, I kind of am stuck right there in those two prophetic teachings are rendering from the properties of Egypt. I love this book. I, I love uh, how how God used Ezekiel and Daniel and, and Jeremiah. I'm, I'm just being more drawn these days back to examine the prophecies that were foretold uh, and see what the warnings were that God gave to these major prophets. Uh, you know, and, and, and just examine and investigate uh, those those um, importations, those prophetic utterances, and how they were so bold to, to declare even before great kings and, and people that were in charge, they didn't care. They were inspired by God. We got to get out of this business of, uh, you know, thinking that we're hurting people's feelings, we're offending people. Not our intent. Our intent is to be good stewards of what God has given us. And sometimes it can come across as uh, a stumbling block. I'll say a stumbling block for some people because you stumble all over sometimes the things that God reveals to you because they don't really understand. But the Lord warned us and said that the people in the world will not understand. It will be a stumbling block for some and to be kind of like a stepping stone for others. And so we can't be concerned right now, more so concerned about. Uh, you know, am I am I offending somebody or you know, because the gospel is an offense to only those who don't believe. For those of us who believe it ought to be a welcome, uh, you know, foretelling or foretelling to learn something that was already told to us and given to us to inform us and to enlighten us over two thousand years ago, even further back than that. You're talking about thirteen hundred BC and you know, five ninety BC and all the way back there prophesied the things that we're living today and so I was I was saddened uh, the other day as I began to receive the revelation and the instruction from God I tried everything I could to adjust that message change that message because I thought I'm not in, in the position to give this kind of message you got big names scholars out there theologians out there historians out there biblical scholars out there that would probably be more qualified to give this message and God told me that you don't look at any of those things as qualifications. I think a word that my daughter got to see me use is availability. And he says, because I will use even foolish things, you know, to convey my message, to make people wise of that who think they're wise in their own understanding. And so I was enlightened by that is that God, you chose me. Okay, so I make myself available. And I was telling my son, Alex, before he spoke, I said, man, you don't know what it is, man, to give birth to something. Some mothers may understand how to care on a child for nine months. Uh, but we, men and women, sometimes get impregnated with large-scale uh, uh, things that God wants to give birth to. And it's, it puts a lot of travail. You know, it's a lot of, uh, you know, torsing and toiling and going back and forth and reading this and reading that, researching this, examining this, exploring that because you want to make sure it's coming from God. Because you have to be unapologetic when you deliver man because that's the baby God wanted you to give birth to so I gave birth to my baby yesterday and uh, I was telling everybody with that you know there is so much more I think I, I think I'm having quadruplets because there's so much more it seemed like when I gave birth to that baby yesterday a 
know, you start seeing those kinds of things fighting against you, one against you, and you're one against your own self, you know, counseling with your own self, as my son said yesterday. You know, you're counseling with the word with your own self, and the word is a counsel, it's a delight. And you're trying to part of you is delighting and the other part of you, man, is, and it's counseling you, you know, and you come back and forth, you're going back and forth, and you're toiling with it, man. It's like when you're pregnant, man, it's respite, you, you get morning sickness, you get all of that. And I went through all of that, and I finally gave birth yesterday, and, and I felt pretty good afterwards. And from some of the indicators, some people said that, you know what, you know, that was that was good, Pastor. It was like being in a newborn nursery. It was like, yeah, they come to the, you know, to the delivering mother, and they comfort them, and they bring the baby back, and they let them see the baby. When I started reading all them comments, you know, responses, man, I was like, yeah, this is what goes on in a newborn nursery. You know, when they come back and bring that baby back, and some of you responded back to me, man. It's really, really good, and so I'm going to continue to give birth to what God has put in me. And it's not to offend anyone, but it's into my life. Because when I read about those 43 deaths, man, I said, just like the wife said, that that could have been avoided, you know, because you already had the warning. And so as we go forth, some of the things I'm going to say in the next few days, I pray and hope you begin to look at some things that can be avoided and say, well, if I do this, I can avoid that. And be serious about that. Be genuine about that. Be real about that. These are times, special times that God is warning the unsaved, and He's also warning the saved. And He's telling the saved, "Don't you dare fall back. Don't you dare turn around and put your hand to the plow. You make yourself unfit for the kingdom of God." As we read in the Book of Luke, chapter nine, verse sixty-two, uh, that is that is that is God's instruction to us that we continue to look forward to what God is showing us what he's given birth to. So I want to draw your attention this morning. I, I want to go back uh, to the book of Ezekiel this morning. Uh, I want to start in the seventh chapter. And then we'll hopefully by Thursday I'll be able to go back to the eighth chapter. And I don't know, Pastor, because if they follow me uh, tomorrow and the next day, they might want to jump over there and break off a piece of this bread too. Uh, so much there. I didn't really get to open you up to yesterday, but I, I kind of gave you a, what I felt was a resurrection message for the, for the masses of the time. So much warning in there, but there was so much in there that will hopefully keep us from, uh, you know, uh, continuing to follow pagan customs and tradition. That was my goal yesterday. The Lord asked me, would I continue? You know, and I had to uh, flat out emphatically say, no, Lord, I would not, and I'm not going to, you know, until that's, that offends, that offends, but he's draining my blood, no more, you know, I grew up that way, but I'm, 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 I'm over that now, and I'm never going back, amen, because it's too, too much idolatry involved in it, too much paganism involved in it, there are other practices, too, that as we go forward, as God reveals to us, we're going to make you aware. We're going to study to find out what those things are. We are I'm going to investigate these prophets, these prophetic forewarnings that we got, and I'm going to do my very best to lend myself to God to reveal them to you so we can get you prepared for what is coming because we were in Revelation on a course, not a course to crash, but a course to keep from crashing. We're still on the course, not to crash. <laughs> but to arrive alive at that place, God is one way to prepare for us because he said, you know, you know, I know my thoughts towards and I know what you expected in is. I know what I expect, says the Lord. And we want us to be informed so we can expect what he expects, know what he knows, and have what he promised, and do what he said we, we have the potential to do, you know, and, and receive from God. And so, amen. So let's go 
be done in this earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts. Forgive our debts toward and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is your kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Father, we thank you this morning and we praise you this morning, Lord God, for this course or this journey that you have uh, led us embark upon. We thank you, Lord, that it's going to take us to that place of expecting the future that you have laid out and planned for us and foretold us about. And so as we press on toward that mark, we thank you, Holy Ghost, for being our guide. We thank you for being the paraclete of God, uh, the third person of the Godhead body who is with us, the promise of the Father right now, saving in each and every one of our lives. We thank you this morning for a fresh baptism of your spirit this morning. We thank you this morning for uh, a fresh outpouring this morning of wisdom and knowledge and understanding and clarity of the facts and of the truth that we find them in the scriptures. We pray that they will be illuminated to us. We pray, God, that they will be taken serious by us. We pray, Lord God, that we will take the warning that is provided and that we, Father God, will be obedient and stewards towards them as we share with our families, as we share with our friends. We just thank you for spiritual enlightenment this morning. We thank you, Holy Ghost, for opening our eyes and teaching us what the Father sent you to teach us and bring back to our remembrance the teachings of the apostles and prophets uh, where we can stand on a firm foundation and build because except the Lord build the house, as we heard in Psalm 127 yesterday as a reminder, everything we do is vain and we don't build it based on the rock of our salvation, based on his teaching, which he told and revealed to Peter in their dialogue that if you love me, Peter, be my sheep. And so, Father, we're here this morning with the help of the Holy Ghost to make an attempt and assert it up to feed your sheep, Lord God, to feed your flock, give them something to eat, Lord God, more than what we've learned traditionally, more than what we think we know in our own understanding. But, God, we just pray this morning for revelation, knowledge, and wisdom that will help us to stand in this trying time when we're under attack. Our health is under attack. The health of our elders that is under attack. The health of our children are under attack with this virus, but there's spiritual viruses too that's eating away, Lord God, at the core of who we are as a Christian nation. And so we come to you this morning in the name of Jesus, God, appealing to you for your help, for your divine intervention, for your divine instruction. Teach us the ways of God this morning, Lord God. Open up this word to us and unveil and reveal to us, oh God, what it is that you would have us to know this morning, what it is, Lord God, that you would have us to eat this morning, because you told us to feed your sheep, and we're here to feed, we're here to be fed, we're here to eat. That we may know, God, more about your plan for us, what you planned for us, God, what you directed in order for us, that we may be partakers of your divine goodness, oh God, through your divine teaching this morning. So, Holy Ghost, we trust you right now, and God, we give you the praise for what you're about to say to us. We pray for it to be clear this morning. We pray, God, for your word that has been sent to us to be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. We thank you for your word this morning that as it enter in according to what David penned, the psalmist penned, and the book of Psalms, chapter 119, verse 130, he said that at the entrance of that word, it gives life. Some of us, though, have already been enlightened. Some of us have been made aware. Some of us have been set free. And we come this morning, Lord God, again, to, to have that word of God as that, that light, Lord, to go in, Lord God, to our ears and our hearts and our minds this morning and give us a mind to, 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 to transform to the things of God. Our thoughts help them to come in on line and an agreement with your will for us, oh God. And so we just praise you this morning for what we're about to partake. We're praying that even now you open our eyes and cause us to behold and see wonderful things as this is unfolded to us this morning. What the prophet had to say, the major prophet Ezekiel. Father, I pray that his name indicates his Hebrew name that God gives strength that even now you would give those on this line and out there in podcasts that's about to hear the word of the Lord this morning. What thus says the Lord, that God it would give them strength 
laid out for them, Lord God, that we may learn during this time how to depend on, lean on, Lord God. Hallelujah. Come say to your people what thus says the Lord, that our assurance may be solid, our confidence may be solid, our belief may be built on those things, Lord God, that are the teaching of the apostles and prophets, where Jesus Christ is the deep cornerstone, that every building that is being raised up, symbolizing families of those buildings, oh God, and you have rightly nearly visited, throwing all of us together, Lord God, that we all bring something, some dimension, some element, some characteristic, some attribute of God, oh God, that we bring forth this morning, and we join it together this morning, Lord, visit nearly, Holy Ghost, join it together this morning, that we may form what is called the household of faith this morning, God, that you may come and dwell among us, oh God, as we present ourselves to you this morning as living sacrifice, only something of God, without a spot or without a wrinkle. Thank you for sending your word to revive us and give us life. We thank you that your word is a delight and a counsel to us as we're about to discover. We thank you this morning for new, renewed minds. We thank you this morning, Lord God, for hearts that have been transformed and conformed to the things of God. And we pray we continue to do this until we come into the full image and likeness of who you are and the knowledge of who you are, where it looks like on earth as it is in heaven and in heaven begin to see those things there that show up in the earth. And so we give you praise. Pray for every family that's represented on this line this morning to the fourth, third, and fourth generation. May they experience the blessings and goodness of the Lord and those that are not saved and don't know you, that that goodness will lead them to repentance, oh God. And we're praying right now for all those victims that have been victimized, Lord God, through uh, 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 ignorance and through not taking heed to warnings, uh, been put at risk, oh Lord God, when they've been warned, you've warned us, oh God. So, Father, we, we just pray that their souls were saved, that they're resting in peace. We pray for the healing of all those out there right now that are fighting for their life and hanging on. We even pray for the confident strength of those who lose loved ones, oh God, that they will push out. Those, Lord God, that have been affected, Lord God, that throughout the ranks of the family, Lord God, trying to search for happens and figure out what happened, Lord God. And so, Father, we know, God, we know, we know that we're in a spiritual war and we don't have to worry, we don't have to stress because we have a safe place that we can run to. The name of the Lord is that safe place. And we are safe because we run to the name of the Lord. As we learn in Proverbs 18 and 10, we thank you this morning that Psalm 91 provides us with the answer that we are the shelter under the wings of the Almighty. And we are to continue to say of the Lord, He is our refuge and our fortune. And in you this morning that we put our trust and our confidence. And so, Father, we hold fast to the perfecting confession of our faith. Now, lead us through this word this morning, Father God, as we hunger and thirst for more of your righteousness this morning. We ask you to feed every hungry soul on this online right now. And Father, the message you gave yesterday, I pray that you continue to seal that in the hearts and minds of your people because we did it all for your glory, for your name's sake. So Lord, we thank you that you be glorified. You be glorified. For you've already been magnified your name and your word above all else, Lord God. And we thank you that they've been exalted above all else. You magnify your word above your name this day. In Jesus' name, bless this teaching now. Amen.
of him. And if you need an image to remind you of that, then you're practicing idolatry. You know, we have the word of God to, to paint every picture that we need to be painted in our hearts and in our minds. So we can envision him based on the word. That's the vision that he wants to have. And that's why we perish a lot of time because we don't have that vision because we're trying to buy it through a picture. We're trying to buy it through some, some artifacts or some piece of art or something. Uh, there's no beauty, he said, that we should desire of him. And so we want to be able to be enlightened by the word. We want the word to show us the picture. We want the word to paint the picture in our hearts and in our minds. We want to see our Savior risen, not on some, some cross, but risen in our hearts and in our minds. Somebody said yesterday, there are pedestals that were in the temple, holy places. You are a holy place. You are a, a, a chosen people. You are a, a holy nation and a God. I hope you understand what I'm saying. In the center of your life is your heart, you know, or your affection or your compassion. On that throne to be nobody but Jesus Christ. That's the, that's the, that's the king that we, that we should honor. He should, and I'm talking spiritually this morning. He is he's a spiritual king that should be sitting on the heart right now. He should be the only thing and the only pedestal in your life right now. And he has to occupy that place in your life. All them other things, man, do not get caught up in, 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 in what those things symbolize. It's an idol. It's pagan. You know, if you need that, I mean, I have, I used to wear a lot of crosses. I used to collect angels and crosses, you know, and I still have them, you know, somewhere around here, but they're not as important to me as they used to be. When I was gathering them, they were very important, you know. They're very important, but they're, they've lost their, 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 their relevance to me as being important because now I spend my time, we talked about time and how precious a commodity that is, now I spend my time, all of my time basically, doing what I'm doing right now. Let the scripture paint an image in my heart and in my mind. Let the scripture enlighten me. Let the scripture inform me. I don't need all those other things. And I'm not telling anybody to go out there, man, and, and tell yourself and get rid of all your stuff. I'm just simply telling you, don't let that eat up all your time. Don't let that be that you feel like you got to still follow after doing that. To have these things around you to remind you. They make good decoration. That's about it. But don't make that idle thing become more important to you, you know, because if it falls on the floor like I did, we move around a lot, and it broke. Uh, well, oh, well, to God be the glory. Hopefully I'll find another one like it. Wasn't, it it kind of lost its value to me so much more than when I first purchased it. When I first purchased it, I wasn't as, as uh, informed in the word as I am now. And as I become more and more informed in the world, in the word, I lose more sight of those things out there in the world that used to appeal to me. So now I'm looking in the scripture and I'm trying to see what God looks like from the pages of scripture because, you know, it, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's one of those things when you look upon his face, I look upon his face in the word. I see what his face looks like by how it's described in the word, especially over there in Revelation, you know, and I can see the brightness of his, of his countenance. I can see the glory. I can see the majesty on him. You know, I can see it because it's right there on the pages, you know. And I began to get a vision of what my Savior uh, looks like according to the Scripture. And I don't want to go outside of that and support it. All these, these things that I used to collect, man, that remind 
life. Let me tell you something. If you're not careful about how you use this word of God, how you use your Bible, you'll make an idol out of your Bible. Come on now. In other words, if you got a Bible and all you do is look at it, you never open it up and check out the content, you made an idol out of it. You know, you just like to talk about, I have a Bible, I got to hold a Bible. But you never talk about the contents of it. You never open it up and examine it. You never spend a whole lot of time in there. And sometimes people do that. They buy Bibles, beautiful Bibles, pretty Bibles, black African Bibles. You know, you know, I've gone to some people's house, man, they got every kind of Bible it is, and they got dust on it. Now, I may ask them a question, you read all these Bibles, you read all these books? No, I just got them for decoration. That, that's kind of a form of idolatry. I use my Bible. These are my tools. This is how I sharpen myself up for battle. So don't idolize this word. Don't make an idol out of it. Make it a part of your life, your existence. You know, this is this is how you grow. This is how you fight. This is how you become informed of God. Don't make your Bible no idol that you put it on the shelf to remind you like everybody else. Like I used to collect all those things, angels and eagles. And those are, those are my favorite, eagles, angels, and uh, nice crosses. Where I'm around my neck, you know, you know, and and I love those things. I looked out for them, and I went out. I was I was making idols. I was collecting idols, y'all. You know, now I spend that time doing something else, and, and this is what I like to do right here. Examine this word, read this word, so I don't fall into idolatry. So let's go here to the seventh chapter of Ezekiel. We've got we've got a few more minutes here, and I won't take it long. But I will spend some time in these two chapters, uh, seven and eight. As we go forward, I'll probably uh, be back in here because uh, I want to be able to examine this prophecy because it was a prophecy starting in 7. Yesterday I talked about the abominations that had entered into the temple. But now I'm going to talk about the judgment that came so close to Israel because of idolatry. There is judgment that have come so close to this world right now because of a, a lot of idolatrous practices uh, following after pagan stuff. 
and you and a lot of the temples you go in, a lot of the big buildings, historical buildings, the castles, you'll see these things on the walls everywhere. They got pictures of animals and you know, and, and, and pictures of, of King David and all this stuff all over the walls. It's beautiful, beautiful artwork. You know, it's just masterful. You know, but if that attracts more of your attention, you start imagining and, and picturing those things, man. As that's what God looked like. That's what David looked like. That's what Sancho looked like. You know, it becomes now, uh, you know, something that grabs your attention more so than God. And so he warned them that if y'all continue this, you know, that the judgment of God is going to come closer and closer. You don't want to have no encounter with the judgment of God because it provokes his jealousy and his anger, as you heard me say yesterday. So let's go over here, man, and read a few of these verses. I want you to keep that in mind is how, how right now what's going on in the big picture in our earth. I say our earth because it's not just America. We just happen to live in America. You know, and and, and we're, we're a culture because we claim to be a Christian nation just like Israel claimed to be God's people waiting on the Messiah. But the things that they did didn't say that. It didn't communicate that because they practiced more and more idolatry. They practiced more and more witchcraft and all that other stuff. And judgment came closer and closer and closer. And before you know it, they found themselves in uh, in a Syrian prison, a Babylonian army led them into captivity. And Ezekiel was with that part of that captivity. He came back out with the ravenous Judah. But he was there prophesying when they, before they went into captivity. And he was with them while they were in captivity. And he was still prophesying. You know, so he was a he, he was he was getting firsthand knowledge about what he prophesied. He was right there. He went through it with them. He went into that that, that captivity. You know, and he prophesied. So let's see what he warned them up here. You know, uh, verse 1, chapter 7 of Ezekiel. And uh, this is just the beginning of several teachings I'm going to do in 7 and 8. And I probably may cover the whole book and see how the Holy Spirit needs. And he says right here, you know, this is kind of like your final warning, uh, people of God. You know, you keep on, you know, it's like that final desolation, you know, that final warning, that final message, that stop it, you know, go a different route way, you know, stop practicing this stuff, stop following this stuff, stop defying God, stop provoking God to jealousy. And, and, and that's my message this morning. We need to stop as a people. Uh, and I'm not saying anybody in the digital on this line, but I, I believe you here because you're trying to get it right like me. But there's some, some forces out there that need to just stop. And I'm, and I'm, I'm prophetically speaking to them this morning, I, I commanded them to stop your aggression, to stop you know, tricking and deceiving and manipulating God's people, you know. Uh, we have the power to do that. You know, we do it here on earth. It's done in heaven. But we stop the force of darkness right now and that track in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> we command that 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 advancement of, of, of worldly knowledge and influence to stop right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. So let's go here and look, man, at, at what he was saying here. Uh, and hopefully this will lead somebody to repent when you hear this. You know, I know I repented yesterday when I when I read it the other day. Every day they had me repenting because I wanted to make sure I repent every day two or three times a day. Anyway, when I'm reading the Bible and I run across something, I said, "Man, I didn't know that." God, I repent for not knowing that. Now I know that. Help me to walk in that. You know, it's that simple. You know, and so and so this is how you're going to escape this stuff. Is repent. If you repent of it because you didn't know it, you know, ignorance is bliss. Repent of it. If you didn't know something, don't beat yourself up and condemn yourself. Just say, God, I repent. I didn't know it, but thank you that I know it. Now you have to walk in. You know, don't, don't freak out about it, you know. Don't freak out about it. And what was so powerful, this thing was like a, 
he says here, now is the end come upon thee, and I will send my anger upon thee, and will judge thee according to thy ways, according to thy ways. God is only going to judge according to his ways, for our ways. His ways are not our ways. That's how he's going to judge us. So we have to bring our thoughts in agreement and alignment with God's will for us, with his plan for us. You know, his ways are different than our ways. And he says, I'm not going to judge you because of somebody else's ways unless you make them your ways. I'm going to judge you based on your ways, the ways that you chose. And if they're not lining up with my ways, that's idolatry. You're putting anything else before me, that's idolatry. You're practicing idolatry. And I hate idolatry. And he says, I want your thoughts to line up and come in agreement with my will for you. You won't know it unless you look into the book and learn it and find out what it is. And every time you don't, or whoever out there don't, they're, they're allowing judgment to come a little bit closer to them. And so you, 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 you see it right there. God has been provoked to anger by a lot of defiant stuff that's going on out here right now. Judgment is coming near. And God is only going to judge. When you see the word way there, it's talking about the works that we do for God. Talking about your way. You're only going to be judged by your work. Nobody else. And if your work is based on something you saw man do and you're doing that and, you know, so many people are just following after tradition right now because, well, you know, my mom and them did it right there. I don't do a whole lot of things that my mom and them used to do. I'm talking about the church I grew up in. I don't even go to that church anymore. I grew up in that church. They did too. It took me as far as it could take me. It's nothing else they could have given me. So, you know, he goes on there and, 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 and describes the end of practicing those things, end up having us doing evil work instead of doing work that please God. Just that simple. That's what he's going to do. Now, your good work, you're going to take with you when you leave here. You'll get credit for those. You know, but I, I don't want to get be discredited for any bad or evil work. I want all my work to be good. And that's kind of where I'm at right now, you know. Uh, let's go to verse 4. He says, And mine eyes shall not spare thee, neither will I have pity. But I will recompense thy ways, okay, those works, upon thee, and thine abominations shall be in the midst of thee, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So he's saying, I'm only going to recompense evil. Okay? You're going to see the recompense of the evil one. You're going to see that. Just pray and hope somebody ain't seeing it happen to you. And then he says, all these things I'm talking about is an abomination in the eyes of God. Let me tell you what he's talking about. The same thing in chapter 8 that Ezekiel saw when he looked through that little hole in the temple. You know? He saw... I hate to say it, but in some of my readings, I said, my God, they were actually, there was actually prostitution. There was actually sex acts. Some of those some of those, those goddesses, man, that's what it was about, fertility and all that. They, they actually practiced some of that stuff right in the temple. I mean, sexual, perverse sexual activity was going on. Because they thought that was, that was, you know, they was honoring God. All kinds of abominations. Let me tell y'all something. The young girls that we find out about nine months later, pregnant for the pastor, and parents are wondering how did they get pregnant. 
This stuff goes on in church today, y'all. If you really look at the big picture of the body of Christ in some of these places, there's still polygamy being practiced. There's still some folks out in, in, in some of the Western countries that feel like they got they authorized to have more than one wife. All this stuff is going on today, and it's going on in the name of God. It's still going on in, in, in some churches. They're still telling people that this is what, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at some stuff happening in some of these countries right now where, where you got uh, some pastors and prophets so-called examining people's virginity to see if they can be they can be impregnated. All this stuff is going on right now, and it's an abomination. But we're turning a, a, another cheek. We're not looking at it, but you, you do some research. Those, those videos are out there, those pictures are out there, and you can look at them in real time, and you'll be like, this is actually going on right now. This is why the judgment of God, is, is I believe, is coming near this, this this earth that he made, trying to give man a warning, trying to tell man to come away from that stuff, trying to tell man that that's not representative of who I am. Stop. You know, stop it. Bring it to an end. Stop it. It's an abomination. Brings the judgment of God just like it did then. It's bringing it now. All this stuff, man. I mean, you got pastors on the download. Verse 9, he says, And my eye shall not spare, 
neither will I have pity. I will recompense thee according to thy ways and thine abominations that are in the midst of thee, and ye shall know that I am the Lord that smiteth thee. And behold, the day, behold, it comes, the morning is gone forth, the rod has blossomed, pride has budded. That's what's going on right now. We see more pride out there, more arrogance out there, man, more defiance against God and his and what his holy writings and his holy commandments. It's budded. It's growing. It's out of control right now. Everybody got something to say against God. Where is God? Why is all this happening? The world is full of pride. God hates pride. It's in our leaders right now. I know more about this than God knows. I know more about Christianity than God knows. I've done more of a Christian than Jesus did when he was on earth. Where is Jesus at now? It's coming down from our leaders, y'all. You know, and some people follow the lead of our leaders. They're inspired by it. You know, they, they, they think that's not it from God. Sin is destructive. I don't care what direction it comes from. And and people seem like they're harvesting this stuff. You know, I don't want to harvest no sin, no sin activity, you know, or no lie. I, I don't want to be repeating the lies that you told. I want to tell the truth that Jesus told. I have the spirit of truth in me. And you saying one minute you cursing somebody out your mouth, the next minute you're talking about you care about them. You can't speak curses and blessings out the same for the same talk. It's a lie. You know, and some try to do that. You know, and God is saying, I'm awakening against this stuff. I'm paying attention. I see what's going on, even in my holy place. You know, there will come a day of visitation, says the Lord. I believe that day is upon us, y'all. I believe the Lord is, is cleaning up his house because judgment starts at the household of faith. We're seeing it. We're reading about it. Pastors are dying because they're defying what God told them not to do. He's sending wisdom through, through, through the worldly system. And he said, I'll use the foolishness of man. Government sometimes the way it's being used is foolishness. And God said, but I'll use that foolishness to find the wise. If you wise enough out there, man, to choose to follow after these things, God said, well, I'll use it to make you wise enough to change. Because I'll let you see that it ain't leading nowhere. I will visit. And in that day, you're going to have a choice to make. That's called... Uh, Divine vengeance. God said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Don't you try to, you let me do that. Let me be the judge. You don't judge nothing before it's time. I will send my wrath and I'll send my judgment. Sometimes God will use things that are happening to judge his people. To give them a chance. You know. A lot of people right now have a chance to get to know God. To get to know God. Father, we thank you for this word this morning. We thank you that we have been warned. We thank you that judgment has come so near, God, and it's evident, it's obvious. Something is, is, is causing your hand of judgment. Something is, is causing this recompense. Something is causing this day of visitation right now. And, Father, we thank you for opening our eyes by the word of God, because you said when that word enters in, we shall receive light. And now we see through the light of the gospel, Lord God, that there's a lot more that you're doing here than man is doing here. And so we thank you right now, God, that you as a righteous judge and everything you do, all of your acts, God, they are just and they are right, God. And we don't question the wisdom of your way. We look in your word and we're forewarned and we're foretold that we don't do these things, that we don't stop practicing these abominations, and we don't stop practicing these despicable things in the eyes of God, and we don't stop being full of pride and arrogance when it comes down to you and your teachings and what your prophets told us and forewarned us. Father, we're going to have the judgment of God. We're going to bring it nearer and nearer and closer and closer. And before you know it, we're going to be overtaken. And the day of visitation will show up and vengeance will fall upon this earth like we've never seen before, God. And the tragedy is what will happen at the 
of faith where we're supposed to be proclaiming the good news of the gospel. We're supposed to be feeding your sheep, Lord, but we're still giving them a diet of abominable things, oh Lord God, and we're calling right, wrong, and wrong, right in the eyesight of God that you're watching as you're sitting back watching, oh God, how we fail to be good stewards of that that you blessed us with. You blessed us with an earth that's rich in resources, oh God. You told us to have dominion over it. Do not bring in practice, oh God, the sin of man, Lord God, and call it a blessing, Lord God. You don't want us to be stewards of the pleasures of this world. God, we want us to be in your presence, seek after your presence, that it might be like heaven to us here on earth, where there's the fullness of joy and pleasure at your right hand forevermore. And so, Father, we ask you to forgive us this morning. We pray for forgiveness of this nation. We're sick right now. We're sick with abomination. We're sick with, with our own understanding. We're sick because we like the knowledge of God. We're sick without our, without our idolatry, things that we love more than you. We're sick because we put our confidence and trust in man more than we do you. But, Father, we're praying for deliverance for this nation. We're praying for healing for this nation. But more than anything, we're praying for forgiveness, oh God. Let the spirit of forgiveness be the next revival we have. Let it be a revival of repentance, oh God. We're running around to conferences and having conferences. Somebody, I need a word. But, God, we need a word that calls us to repent. We're thanking you for your goodness every day. But let it be goodness that leads us to repentance, more repentance, God. We repent and turn away from these things right now that are robbing you of your praise, robbing you of your honor, robbing you of your worship, robbing you, God, of us serving you and making you known to others, God. So we're praying that anyone out there this morning, God, that's hearing this, this prayer, this message, this word, that they will understand the abominable things that we do every day brings your judgment a little bit closer to us. And we're beginning to feel, God, that judgment. We're beginning to sense that judgment is taking place. We're beginning to see what's happening in the household of faith. Pastors are dying because they're leading your flock in a, we believe, in a contrary way according to the things of God, the teachings of your word. And there is a price being paid because you hold us to a higher standard. And so we pray for the clergy this morning. God, we're praying in the name of Jesus that they will have more reverence for you than for their tradition. We're praying that all these abominations will stop the seats in the church, oh God. That it will be treated as a holy place, a sanctified place, a consecrated place, where worshipers draw their God and create you a, a sanctuary that you may be pleased to come and dwell among your people. Because you said when two or three gather together, you will be in the midst. And right now, Father, we don't feel like you're in the midst, God, all the time because we're seeing death in the midst when you bring life in the midst. We see people being affected and contaminated after a worship service. Something is wrong, Father. Something is going on. Something is infiltrating the worship service that should not be there, God. Is it man's own understanding? Is it own man, God, playing God? Is it own man, God, that's going above your command and telling people what they better do? Are they going to have to deal with the wrath of the leadership of the church or the pastors being called into the office and scold that they disobey the, the, the leader versus obeying God? keeping all your ways, acknowledging you in all their ways, denying people from building a personal relationship with you, that they may be able to stand when they've done everything they can do to stand there, continue to stand steadfast, unmovable, always abounding much in the work of the Lord, but as much as we know, this is the perfect will of God concerning us. And so, Father, we're just praying that this word minister. This word will take heed. This word will convict. This word will help us to set proper priorities and maintain them. So thank you for opening our eyes. We 
pray that this word will go out to the four corners of the universe and fall on good ground, break up hard and foul ground, turn stiff neck towards you today to allow people to get rid of the idols, God, get rid of the images, get rid of the pictures that paint a false narrative of who you are. You have no color. There's no beauty that we should desire to. We should make no graven images unto you. You are pure and holy, God, and we're going to worship you. We have to worship you in the beauty of holiness. Help us to take off all these things that cause us to sweat and strain when it comes down to you. Help us to hunger and thirst for more knowledge of you that would change and transform and renew us, God, in those areas we need to be changed and renewed in. We're praying this for God for every living, breathing creature on this earth. Let the inspiration of the Holy Ghost blanket as we do this earth right now and cancel out every plan, every false teaching, every generation of false prophecies, false lies, ties, strong ties, chains that got people changed in the spirit to all these things that there was once upon a time. Change the Ouija board reading, the palm reading, or psychic Well, we ask you to break these chains. God. These abominable things, God, that we've given ourselves to, we've given our time to, we struggle to give you one hour to tarry and pray and learn about our awesome and amazing God, who can break all chains and all strongholds, God, and release us, oh God, from the ties of a relationship that were built outside of God that have us bound right now. We can't sustain in any relationship, Lord God, because of those ties. Some of us have been tied to a tradition of teaching, Illuminati, heresy, false teaching, lies, tradition, idols, idolatry, worshiping things more than God, goddesses, horoscope reading, palm reading. Deliver us right now, instantly, Lord God, wherever this voice is being heard, wherever this word is being heard. The judgment draw near, God. We pray that we set our proper priorities right now that we may be able to stand in your judgment, God, with clean hands and a pure heart. Father, we thank you this morning, Lord God, and we pray this morning for those that are hearing this word, that it may you continue to give them here to hear what does there, the Spirit of the Lord. We seek your prophesy, God. You give us strength today, Lord God, to be able to rise above these things, Lord God, and clean house, Lord God. We set our priorities and make sure, God, that we seek your kingdom for your will of doing things. That you may add everything that we need to us. We give it a praise. We counsel every assignment of the enemy right now. Everybody catch us off guard, Lord. And we thank and praise you right now for opening that hold up that we may be able to envision and see beautiful things of your plan of salvation. Not all the abomination, not all the hours I get fixated on it. But we want to see and believe and see the goodness of the Lord. You're opening things up to us this morning. You're opening our eyes. You're causing us to see and behold wonderful things from your plan of salvation and make a choice for God. Because we rearrange our priorities. We set proper priorities this morning. We're going to seek after you with all our heart, mind, soul, and our strength this morning. And we're coming after you, Lord. Because we want to escape your judgment and your wrath because we fail to honor you. We fail to worship you. We fail to seek you. We fail your word. We fail to pray, God. We fail to gather together. As a matter of some here, that our reason and our cause for coming together is we want to learn more about you and know more about you and be more like you, God. You instruct us in the word, God. You unveil and reveal it to us, God. You see, God, based on what we do, we're either going to attract your blessings or we're going to attract your judgment. And we want to attract your blessings, your favor, your mercy, your grace. Help us to set those priorities now. And help us to see 
answer and a walk out. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for ordering that step. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for walking alongside of us. Thank you for being that paraclete. Thank you for being that guide to bring all of this back to our remembrance. To teach us things we don't know and to show us what is yet to come as you're doing right now. 